Welcome to the TLT Movement Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. We are here in FPEA conference yet again. This time, we are with a special guest. His name is Dave. Right, Dave Fiore. Fiore, yep. and you actually have your own podcast. I do. It's called How I Got Here, and it uh, tells the story of local Tallahassee business leaders and people and how they got to that point in their life, kind of their ups and downs, unexpected um, things that they overcame or obstacles they had or opportunities they took advantage of. So peop- there's a lot more to people than uh, people usually know. Anything challenging is going to be hard. And so what? Hard could be the new fun. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Who's going to carry the boats? Ever to persevere. If you want to be a good leader, you have to understand human nature. I never look back. It distracts from the now. So why do their stories even matter? I mean, why does it matter at all to tell anybody's story? Right. Yeah, you could argue if I don't really know the person, why would I be interested in hearing about their past and everything? And the, what I've learned in the episodes I've done is people's journeys are so common people face so many of the same things and they can recognize themselves and their journey in other people. And especially when we talk to accomplished people, people that they've seen that, like you look at them and you see the end result, mm. but you really don't know what that path was and you can recognize some of the same challenges that you have in them and they've overcome them, then the idea is that that would be encouraging and inspiring to you. And that's been the case with the, with the people I've talked to. Hey, well, let's start with the story that maybe uh, I'd assume you'd know better than anybody else. How did you get here? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, The idea of interviewing all these people is I don't ever have to answer that question myself. (laughs) Right. But But um, now you're on my interview. Right, right, that's right. I don't have the choice. But, yeah, we're here at the homeschool convention. Part of my story is definitely um, my wife, Robin, and I have six children. And they were all homeschooled. And uh, yeah, so the oldest is 31, youngest is uh, about to be 17. So this homeschooling world has been a big part of our life for over 20 years, and we're grateful for that. We're grateful to live in a state where we can do that freely, and and very, you know, that's been great. Um, And so yeah, that's been part. And so now, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into, but um, so now my my it's funny because my relationship, my wife used to come here with her friends every year to the homeschool convention. And it was kind of a ladies getaway weekend sure. and they used to have a great time. Um, but now FPEA is a client of mine. I own a marketing company in Tallahassee. Oh, cool. And, uh, and the podcast is a piece of that. And um, we have, so now I get to be here as a vendor. We help with the publications, with the social media, kind of be part of the team. Nice. And when we're here, I just get to be one of the staff members and help out wherever I can. So. I continue to be involved and enjoy that. I really believe in giving parents the, the option and the freedom to choose the best educational choice for them and their family. And I'm grateful uh, to be part of the homeschool community all these years. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I, I wasn't homeschooled, but I aspire to homeschool my kids because yeah. I, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a really good way to educate. It's kind of how you know our great-great-grandparents for all of humankind, actually. I mean, you would educate your kids at home and, right. and maybe you'd have a little schoolhouse, but you weren't reliant on the school system to teach your kids. You would teach them yourselves. A lot of this is through storytelling 
of their ancestors, of their parents, parents, parents. It gets passed down. I think as a society in America, we've definitely lost that uh, respect for elderly people and their stories right. and where our family comes from. Right. Yeah, I mean, people, when your frame of reference is only the present and what you can see yourself, that's very limiting, right. of course. I mean, I know people study history and they understand you know, the major points in, in history. But so to understand your family's history is important, you know, where you came from and all that. But also, you know, I mean, you come from somewhere. So helping to understand your family and know them helps you understand yourself better. So, uh, yeah, and, and their perspective and their wisdom, you know, wisdom is the is knowledge plus experience, you right. know, so I love it. Um, yeah, I think that that's a really good point. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, we live in such a beautiful time right now. I really do believe this, that the time that we're in is so unique where in the past, you know, you would have written stories or even stories that you remember of your parents or your grandparents that you would pass down. Now we kind of live in a day and age where my grandparents, they've got, you know, an album of pictures of when they were a youth all the way up until they are now. You get to see them. They get to kind of tell you about it. Right. All, my parents, your your age, right. you know, we've got some videos finally. we got some content that we can see, kind of see what they were like. They can explain to you their stories even more. Now we live in a day and age where every day is kind of documented. <laughs> I mean, my kids are right. going to have a field day being able to see what I was up to on the daily. And uh, I think it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. I'm looking forward to... My goal in life is to create this documentary. I don't know how long it's going to be, probably four or five hours long, right. where we're just going to interview every living family member that I have and have them share the story, everything they can remember as far up as it goes, and so that my kids and their kids and the great-great-great-great-grandchildren will be able to look at their faces, hear their voices, the inflection, find out... because. I think a lot of stuff is more genetic than we think. They'll be like, oh my gosh, that sounds like, that sounds like me. Or <laughs> That's that looks where I like get me. that weird laugh yes, from or something, yes, right? totally. Yeah. And so I, I can't wait for that. And uh, man, stories it's of people and their journeys, it's so interesting. I'm, it, your podcast sounds very cool. I, I haven't given it a listen yet, but after this, I will go subscribe. Are you on Spotify? Yeah, I have all the, all the platforms. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, so... What's, who, who's somebody that you've had on your podcast that was a really interesting story that, that is one of your most treasured episodes? <laughs> well, they're all treasured. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there are, there are a couple that um, stand out to me that um, when I just had on, and I think this is a, a relevant topic. Um, her name is Alex Miller, and she is the head of the Florida Trucking Association. Mm. And it's unusual enough that she's a woman in a very, very male-dominated industry. Oh, for sure. And, you know, big, you know, the stereotype of truck drivers. I mean, you know, and it's, it, you just wouldn't think of a woman running that association. But even more, she was a professional ballet dancer. Get out. She, she has, her, yeah, her doctorate in humanities. She was a college professor. Amazing person with just a very different career path. Right. But what's early in her life. But what's really interesting and what she would point out is that the skills that made her a good teacher, a good dancer, the discipline, the dedication, the skill, the focus, 
the ability to communicate well, especially in terms of being a college professor, are exactly the same skills she used as a communication person, as a, um, a lobbyist advocate, and then now as an administrator running a big, a big powerful state association. It's about people, communication, connections, understanding the topic and communicating it effectively and changing people's minds, you know, in a way, making sure they understand so they can make their own decisions, but communicating those important points effectively. And she does a great job, very respected, and um, she's just killing it. So it's interesting how you would think it would make no sense. Right. But it does because what the, the core of what she does and what she offers translates perfectly from her humanities arts background into a, you know running into a, a trucking association. <laughs> yeah, so that, w- that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's something I, I tell a lot of the youth to do, that when they're young, do as many jobs as you can. Don't just, I think we're coming out of this age where you want to re- you want to work for one company for your whole life so you can get a good retirement right. and so that you're loyal to this brand and like i think we're, we're we're coming out of that and realizing the more experiences that you have the more different types of people you get to talk to different jobs different classes that you take it, it all somehow comes back to and affects you in the future in a way that you would never even consider while you're learning it at the time right. or, or doing it at the time. It all comes back to lead to something like that. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I can tell you as an employer, the things we look for are not skill sets. I mean, you need to be able to do some things yeah, that sure, are, sure. you know, I want my doctor to understand the human body, <laughs> but in normal jobs, that don't require that level of professional education. Mm -hmm. You know, employers are looking for people who can think and Mm. solve problems and listen and can understand and comprehend things and come up with solutions. They want people who are smart. Sure. But you don't, it's not really about what you study so much. And, And it's about, and also we never hire resumes. We always hire people. Mm. So even if people, even if it's somebody that you may not, you know, may not fit exactly on paper, if you believe in that person, then um, we'll always take a chance on those people. So the, the one thing I would say, though, is the ability to communicate effectively, learn how to write. <laughs> you know, I mean, that yeah. no matter what you do, you're sure. going to lean to learn how to write. You know, we're doing what, we, what we're doing here, learn how to communicate effectively um, learn how to, you know, talk, how to look people in the eye, shake totally. their hand. Totally. The old school ways of confidence and telling somebody, hey, I, I want to, you know, I can have a conversation with you on an adult level. That's, that's what people are looking for. And it, not everybody has that. Yeah, man. I, I, hey, I've been out of high school for four years now. Uh, so I would have graduated college by now. I decided not to go into college because my field of uh, expertise in the film industry doesn't really need a degree. You can definitely go get one. Sure. And a lot of people that I spoke to were like, you definitely need a, f- 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 a film degree. Not one client that I've had asked me where I went to school, what my degree looks like, none of that. They don't care. Right. Because when I talk to them and I'm looking them in the eyes and I give them a nice firm handshake and I show them some of the work that I've done and got paid for. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're impressed and they're like, all right, you can, you can come on the team because we believe in you. Yeah. hundred percent. That, yeah, that, that is really awesome. I, that's something that I really want to drive home with everybody at watching this is 
is you're you're right on point. That that is so true in in my life and coming from an employer, I think that 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 makes it all the more powerful. Yeah, because you know you just know when you're interviewing somebody or or looking when you're considering hiring somebody. Sure. You just know sometimes. I mean, I always want to do it multiple times. Talk, you know, the first impression isn't always, you know, 100% reliable. Sure. Spend a little time, go through that process. But it's it's about people. Good character, can rely on them. They want to learn. We want people who can learn in any profession. People who are willing, who are humble, but eager, who are innovative, who are self-starting. It's, ba- I mean, none of this is rocket science. It's, right. it's just, you know, you're willing to work hard and learn and be a good person and we can teach you the rest. Yeah. You know? I, I love it. Yeah. So what, what are some things that you experienced in your life that got you to now where you're at now as an employer at a marketing agency, you've got a podcast where you're asking about people's stories, right? You're, you're a people's person, right? Right. right? What, what got you to this point? Well, um, I mean, some of it's just natural, I guess. I mean, I enjoy talking and learning. I'm the person, if I'm in an event like this or in line, I'm looking for ways to connect. Like if something happens, I like to laugh with somebody or look at them and say, that was crazy, wasn't it? (laughs) You know, I just like those kind of connections. And in my career, um, I'm a writer, editor. I worked in magazine and newspaper publishing before I started my marketing firm. So still, and then content development is still a huge part of what we provide our clients. So telling those stories has always been part of it. So I love, I love working on the process of making it easy for somebody to reveal their story to me. So whether that's written in magazines or whatever it is in the podcast, which is a supernatural and easy next step oh, yeah. where I don't, you know, I can, I can listen, I can write, I can take quotes, but it's still kind of my interpretation of what was said. Right. Where a podcast... I just try to ask the good questions and get out of the way. Yes, and let it's my real guests, and raw. Let them tell their story. You know, nobody tells it better than them. So it sounds like this this type of thing comes naturally to you. What would you tell somebody at home that's sitting here? Maybe they're they're younger. They're, mm-hmm. they're not really entering the w- workforce, but they feel really socially awkward. They they can't look at anybody in the eye. They, right. they don't like having conversation. A good time for them sounds like staying inside, playing a video game alone, n- not talking. But they, they're interested to maybe become somebody that wants to be a conversationalist. Right. What, what would you recommend for them to start doing at, at a young age to be able to break out of their shell and become this person that they want to be? Being able to look somebody in the eyes. Being right. able to, to shake their hand, confidently stand where they're at, and hold a conversation that makes an impact. Right. Well, there are vendors here in this in this exhibit hall who work with young men and women. Trail life is they they spend time, you know. Oh, they're right there. They're right there. Um, <laughs> you know, teaching young men through outdoor activities and stuff how to do just that, how to stand there, you know, and shake somebody's hands. Patriot Academy is another one. Rick Green's program. Yes, we actually got an interview with Adam Bell. It was a great podcast. Definitely go listen to it if you haven't already. And I didn't know about that, so I'm glad (laughs) I could help with that. But um, to teach young men those kind of things, because honestly, I think young men have a harder time with that naturally than women, Mm. young women sometimes. And um, they're, you know, maybe being intimidated in some of those social situations. So the thing I would say is that I learned this a few years ago and it's really helped me understand people that the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is not whether you're a people person or not a people person. 
It's about the energy that it creates. So mm. if you're in a social, a social situation and you gain energy from that, you're like pumped and you're like, I'm ready to do something else. I love this. Then you're probably an extrovert. You can look the same to somebody in a social situation, still go up and talk, still have conversations. But at the end of it, you just feel like you're drained. Right. And you just need to go relax at home for a while and kind of recuperate. That's, that's being an introvert. So I don't want people to think that just because it's not natural for them that they can't do it. Mm. You can get over a fear or an anxiety of talking to someone. You pretty much, everyone pretty much has to learn to do that. Right. You just need to learn to know, you need to know yourself and say, okay, if I'm an introvert, if that's an energy draining activity for me, then I need to allow some time to recuperate from that, mm. you know, and, and let myself kind of get my bearings back before I go out and do it again. Don't schedule two big parties in a row, sure. you know, if you're going to be drained after the first one. Um, so I think that that's an important thing to recognize about yourself and to just, I would say is to answer your question, just do it, just set up, set, get, set the bar low at first and, and get, you know, low hanging fruit, talk to people, you know, your friends, sure. your family, just kind of practice. And you don't even have to tell them I'm practicing now to be a better social person, <laughs> you know, just do it. Just go to, you know, you're visiting the family for Thanksgiving. Just make it a point, go up and talk to your cousin. You don't see very often sure. and just kind of work on those skills. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. That that really helped me because I have had the uh, this uh, uh, stutter for my as long as I can remember now, and I remember in my elementary school and middle school years, I always felt like I was the weird kid. I felt like I was the quiet kid, the bookworm, the the outcast, the the, right. the, the guy on the wall. When I got into high school. I made a decision. I'm like, I'm not going to be this person anymore. I don't like being that guy. I'm going to become a people's person. Right. And so what I, I did is I just went out every single day for about four years. I, I made it my mission for that day to make myself incredibly uncomfortable. I was like, I'm going to go up to somebody who I feel a little scared to talk to, and I'm going to talk to them, whether right. it is a cashier a homeless person, a child, an elderly person. For me, it was pe it was pe people that I don't know. Right. So that that's how where my stutter would really come out. In the first couple months, I would talk to these people. Every single word, I would stutter on to the point where they're looking at me like, "Are you okay? Like yeah. what's like what's going on? I can't understand you." Yeah. And I'd walk away just feeling. Embarrassed, but day after day, I would just keep doing it and doing it. It became more and more comfortable. And now I just met you two minutes before we yep. sat down here, yep. and I'm able to have a full conversation. This is years in the making, but it's just by me doing it, and getting right. out of my comfort zone and doing it and just yeah. talking. Yeah, that's amazing because, again, since we just met, and all I can do is judge you on our interaction here. I would assume you're very comfortable and have always been very comfortable doing this. <laughs> Not <That's> true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So, well, congratulations. You've done a really nice job overcoming that. Thank you. Yes, it, it, took, it took a lot of hard work. And, you know, my, stut my stutter is not gone, but I no longer am in my head about it. It's right. not like every time I screw up, I'm like, ah, I used to beat myself up and just be right. like, ah, why can't I talk? I now just, I'm like, all right, it's over. It's time to just <laughs> flow with the next words. Right. Make these next words good. And, and that's that, you know. Yeah. But, uh. That's Dave, awesome. it's been a pleasure speaking to you. We like to keep our episodes a little short, but I can't wait to tune no, into your great. podcast. 
Uh, can you remind the audience one more time what it's called and where they can tune in? Yeah, it's called How I Got Here with Dave Fiore. It's available on all podcast platforms. And I'd uh, love to have you take a listen. All right. Sounds like a plan. Right. Thank you again. Thank you. Enjoyed it.